0: Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace podcast. My co-host is Bob Hassan, and we are creating a conversation with Christian marketplace leaders who have careers that have been impacted by their faith. We are also
1: answering your questions about entrepreneurship,
0: business leadership,
1: careers, and how the kingdom of God changes your impact in the marketplace.
0: Come join the conversation now. Welcome to Exploring the Marketplace.
1: I am Bob Hassan, and I'm with my friend, Sean Bowles. How are you, Sean?
0: I'm good. I'm so excited about Introducing you and our listening audience to Josie Lewis today because she, Bob, is a trip and a half. She's amazing. And she's a visual artist who joyfully explores color and video documents her process on social media. She has over 3 million followers and has had more than 1 billion views on her art. I mean, that's can you imagine 1 billion views? She's that done a TED Talk. Wow. Billion. She has had, uh, she's a Ted talk presenter and author. She's sold over a million dollars of her own, own art and you can purchase Joseph's custom watercolor set or contact her about her licensed art puzzles, which are available all through Walmart, target, all these places, wow. but she's re- releasing a comprehensive digital course on business for artists and creatives. And she lives in Minneapolis with her husband and her daughter. And she's someone that Shri and I care a whole lot about. We just really have been inspired by her. So it's going to be great to have her on the show.
1: I can't wait to meet her. So you you just talked about an artist who is creating a business course.
0: I know it's like almost an oxymoron.
1: (laughs) That's what I was gonna say.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a type of artist out there that they don't believe in doing art for profitability in a real way. It just kind of, if it happens, it's great, but they wouldn't pursue it because that almost um, waters down their art. Then there's a whole nother group, which is the larger group, which is like, I would love to be paid to do this, whether they're a musician, an artist, entertainer, but they don't know the secret sauce. They don't know how to actually do that. Like, how do people do this? Even if they, they're commercial to some degree, how do they do that? And I, I found for years that so who pastors people who are, I mean, if they can only apply that same creative genius to their business side, they would be the wealthiest people in the world. I laugh about it. I go, man, you would be like the wealthiest person I would be. If I had your gifts, I would be like a billionaire right now, just kind of joking with them. But it's true. It's like, there's some, some people who don't know how to apply the creative grace and the energy behind that to some, you know, the other side of life.
1: Josie must be able to not compartmentalize her art, her business, her family. I can't wait to talk to her about that. I'm, I'm interested, you know, to see, because you think about the two sides of the brain that work and yeah. how that how that must work in someone like Josie.
0: Well, in, in if you don't compartmentalize, then you can administrate your own gifting. And that's why I think a lot of artists and entertainers get stuck in really bad relationships with management or agents or these kinds of people, because not that they're all bad, because I love managers and agents, but yeah. I've seen dysfunctional codependency because they don't trust themselves to manage. And I actually... When I was with the local church and I was you know, launching into my itinerant career, they didn't know how to manage my success as an itinerant alongside of the church. And it started to become very frictionist you know, between me and the staff, mm-hmm. not the main leaders, but just administrators and accountants and people who were like having to manage all of it because of how we were running. And I actually had to say, you know what, I don't need them to do this. And it's putting a pressure on them. I need to manage and be strong and believe that I can manage my own ministry career outside the church and start my own ministry. But it felt like, is this a betrayal to do this or is this right? Is this wrong? So I think we all go through periods of time when you're more of a creative person, or if you've been with a group and you're separating or whatever, that you, you don't know how to do it right. You're trying to figure it out. But the good news is if we go for it and we, the, the more important thing is to actually go for it and actually build and do with what God's put inside of you versus hide or, you know, stay in a wrong relationship. When you go for it, man, that's when you, that's when you win. That's when you see the success you're hoping for. And Joe's is a good example of that.
1: Yeah, what I've noticed talking to people who are just getting off the ground is <clears throat> I counsel with people and so do you. You need to learn how to do everything. You need to learn how to use QuickBooks. You need to learn how to figure out if there's HR issues, if it's just you. You need to figure out your travel schedule. You need to figure out all the stuff so you have <clears throat> a good comprehensive hold on where you're going. And then as God breathes on what whatever you're doing, you might bring in uh consultants or partners. Yeah. You might you might end up finding an accountant, you might end up finding a bookkeeper, you might end up finding uh an assistant who who books your travel, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, as God breathes on you. And I think uh, it'll be so interesting to talk to Josie about you know this walk in her in her business and her career.
0: Yeah, because she's obviously not only killing it, but she's managing it really well and turned a part of her art into a commercial success that I think is really inspirational. So let's get to our interview with Josie. Next. My friend Sean
1: Bowles and I wrote a book called Wired to Hear that's available everywhere books are sold. Most people don't hear the audible voice of God. That's all we think, the only way we can hear God. We have story after story after story of people hearing the quiet, still voice of the Lord or impressions or instinct and intuition, which we write about. And we're hoping that that helps people unlock their relationship and how to hear the Lord and how to walk with the Lord.
0: But what does this look like when you're on set in a movie? Or what does this look like when you're a chairman or when you're in Starbucks as an employee? How do you use this place of hearing connected to God? It's not just about evangelism. It's also about how to thrive and, and connect who Jesus is. To your life, not just to do something for him, but to do something with him. So, we're talking to bankers and we're talking to lawyers and doctors and people who are billionaires. We've had these amazing conversations what God does when he speaks to somebody and it actually causes a ripple effect in their industry or causes new ideas or even career changes. It's going to change everything for you if you haven't already had this activated. Welcome today to Exploring the Marketplace. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Bowles, and I have Bob Hassan here. Hey, Bob in Hawaii. How are you?
1: I'm good. And look who we have. have. I know.
0: We have Josie Lewis. This is amazing. You have no idea how excited I am to have you on representing the arts. Somebody who is on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube. And you're like probably my most famous social media friend because like people watch your stuff like like it's it's like a drug. I watch your stuff all the time. Like it's ASMR. You just do this. Thing. I, I don't have the patience to even understand how to do the process of what you do because it's so intricate, but it's so easy and so beautiful. But anyways, I'm so glad we're friends. We've been uh, connected for probably, I don't know, six years, five years, somewhere in there. And uh, I don't know, four or five, six, somewhere. <laughs> I'm good when it's prophetic numbers. When it's normal, I'm not. But uh, I've, I've been a fan from afar. And then we've uh, been getting to know each other, my wife and you and I. We all talk and chat every once in a while about um, uh, artistic and creative problems, I think. I'm just kidding. But we're so glad you're here today. And uh, tell us about just kind of how you got involved in art.
2: Yeah, you know, I I am the fortunate beneficiary of a tr- amazing legacy. My dad's a painter, and my parents, um, you know, lived out in the woods in northern Minnesota on Lake Superior. And I grew up with wood heat and horses and an outhouse. And I was homeschooled, and it was like kind of idyllic. My parents were sort of like <laughs> Christian hippies out in the woods. And so they, I mean, they really set me up to, um, I think about this a lot these days, like they really set me up to just to go my own way, you know, like they, they cut, they cut some paths that were really significant in that they just didn't, they didn't do all the normal things that you're supposed to do, like get jobs. (laughs) And, uh, you know, and then that meant that I was like, Ooh, I get to do it my own way, you know, and it served me. (laughs) That's
1: That's That's (laughs) amazing. Tell me this. Um, I often struggle with the concept of creativity, a creative and business. But I know from all that you've built, you're this beautiful artist, but you've built a business. How does that work in your mind? How do you, on one hand, how can you go create in that beautiful studio behind you and everywhere else you create? But then think about building a business. Sean mentioned a little bit about your social media, which is giant. Talk to us about that.
2: So it, it, there's really, there's no compartmentalization for me. It's all the same. The, the level of creativity that I use to make art is the same creativity that I use to parent, is the same creativity that I use to pray, is the same creativity that I use to think about how to post to my audience or how to give someone a prophetic word or how to um, think about what next products I want to bring to my audience. It's all the same. it's it's all the same pot that it comes out of
1: do you know that's go ahead do you when you say products is that your art
2: yes so i i I mean i now i consider myself a brand you know which i i don't like those words that much but it's
0: definitely a brand it's true tell them about your products because our audience doesn't know bob doesn't even know and we use them at our house they're amazing
2: Yeah. So I actually make art and sell like handmade art by Josie. And then I have, um, licensed products. So I have a line of jigsaw puzzles that are out in the world. You can run to target or Walmart and pick, pick some up Josie Lewis art and jigsaw puzzles. Um, and those have been really fun and it's it's exci- I love the jigsaw puzzles because I don't think there's any kind of interaction that someone could spend with my art even having it in their house that would be the same kind of level of focus as putting together a jigsaw puzzle of my art. It's you know that's really it's I tried to put one together it was very meta. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know do this it's really hard. so yeah there's the license stuff and then I have a line of watercolor paints because one of the things that's kind of emerged in the last few years is that I've discovered that not only do I love making art which I've done since I was a teen um I also really love to inspire people to find their own create creativity and people I think they come to me and I I uh I give them an open door like that you know they see what I'm doing it's it's simple I'm doing really simple stuff I'm playing with color it's pattern and they think oh, I've always wanted to make art I could make art like Josie you know and kids do it and grown-ups do it and you know it's like this I actually had a um, prophetic vision of myself but this is several years ago where I was at a retreat and they asked the question was to ask God who we were, like what, what was a, what was a metaphor for our identity. And, uh, at my gym, they have these big glass doors and when it would get muggy in the gym, they'd, they'd stick a kettlebell To open up the door to like get some airflow in there, and and I heard that I was the kettlebell, like I'm the (laughs) kettlebell holding that big door open, and somebody needs to hold that sucker open because people are afraid and they don't know if they can push it open, and they stick their faces up against the class, and and I give them that that introduction and that affirming you know welcome.
0: Yeah, I think it's really interesting because I'll read the comments on some of your, your posts because I mean, people are very interactive on your posts on TikTok and Instagram specifically. I'm sure there are other places too, but those are the two that I look at the most. And, and sometimes there, you'll get the people who are like, this just healed something in me or like that you'll get these beautiful things or like I watch your stuff and it just helps me to focus or you talk a lot about flow state, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. Some people talk about entering into flow state, watching your stuff. Then you get like, of course, the trolls of internet who are like, she weighs so much paint to make what she's doing, or that's not real art. That's just patterns and shapes. And you get that. How do you balance that with the f- fact that you're professionally trained and have decades of experience and you're actually doing real art in the real thing. But sometimes there's the, like, there's a judgmental Christian crowd. There's a judgmental artist crowd. How do you balance that in the midst of your pursuit? Because I feel like a lot of people who are listening to this podcast or people who are, they they do get influenced by the world. They get influenced by opinions and they get influenced by social media. So what is your, what's your take?
2: I, you know I might I might be a little anomalous, but I'm delighted, delighted by it. <laughs> I just am so amused by the people that are like, that's not art. you're wasting paint and and it's also like what I'm doing is really not cutting edge as far as art goes. like people have been making abstract painting and conceptual art and all sorts of things for 50 years, you know, like this is not like new, but somehow there's people that just think it's, well, I think it's a good sign because it means my work is provocative Mm -hmm. and Mm. the abundance that I bring to just how much I use paint, I think triggers people that feel like, oh, I could never use that much paint, you know, and it makes them, you know, maybe there's Uh like a little, you know, poverty mentality or something where it's like, she's She's using so much. And, and it's, you know, so it's, it's, it triggers some people in a negative way, but other people are like, maybe I can use my precious paint that I've been saving for five years because I've been afraid, you know, like, yes, use it, use the
1: paint. Well, Josie, I, I mean, like Christianity and your career, Christianity and creativity, prophetic words. And, and and you, you mentioned something in your show notes about holding a candle in a hurricane. I'd love for you to share that.
2: Yes. Yeah, so I uh, just just last week, this is really recent. Um, a girlfriend of mine had a picture of me, uh, like this vision of me, where I was standing in a tornado or a hurricane, like just whipping wind, and I was holding a candle above my head, kind of like the Statue of Liberty, you know, holding this candle. And, um, and I was, I was like resolute steadfastly, you know, holding this candle and the candle wasn't going out. And that just like, it has been so encouraging to me because I've had a good year professionally, but it man, 2021, come on. It's like, it's been a, it's been a crazy, you know, 14 months or 15 months. Like it's been really intense. And especially being kind of like semi internet famous, like there's a lot of blowing wind, you know, and people got a lot of opinions and I can handle the opinions about the paint, but there's some other ones that I are like areas that I don't know how to navigate, you know, and it's really intense, you know? So um, and I felt like you know, there's the 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 old scripture about nobody puts the candle under a basket. You know, they yeah. put it where that everybody can see it. But you do stick it under a basket if you think if you're trying to protect it. You know, like mm-hmm. if I'm in a hurricane or a tornado and I want my precious candle to stay lit, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna try I'm gonna cover it up. You know, and I think that that there's parts of my career and my public identity that I have felt like I've retracted. And just not knowing how to navigate and almost like, did my candle go out? You know, (laughs) like, oh no, what's my calling? What am I doing? But what I, the, the just brilliant message that I got from that vision is that the candle is lit in a different location than the wind. You know, the candle is a heavenly candle and the wind is just whatever it's the world and life. And we're always going to be in wind, but the candle has different power, you know, different energy and and it, you, I don't have to protect it. <laughs> I don't have to protect yeah. my vulnerable message and my vulnerable um, light.
0: Well, I think you kind of came from doing some art the way you were doing it and then became an internet sensation and then start to do things like TED Talks and get exposure that not many people get. And your art isn't super spiritual in the sense of what a lot of churches would call prophetic art, which would be more like angels and swirls of light and whatever. You are just very, whatever comes to you, you do, which I think is super creative. Like I have one of your pieces that looks like a geode. that's like you took from National Geographic and, and, um, and it was like the the nature and God creating and Jesus and then our family. And I look at it every day. It's in my office. Like I was supposed to put it here for the set and I couldn't do it because I, I need to look at it every day. Okay. Like every day I like, if I'm writing right now. And when I get to a place where my brain stops, I just stare at the picture and my brain turns back on again. I've never told you that, but that literally every day, that's just what I do. And so either that, or I'll look at my action figures, you know, (laughs) (laughs) have the same results sometimes. Sorry. But, uh, but I say that because you've, you've defined some things and you've walked in a certain way that I think is really unique because you have people from all over the world who are hanging your art in their spots where we put art. And a lot of times the church when gets engaged in art, there's such a limitation on it. And I love that you've broken through those limits, but I want to just, I want you to take us on the journey because I love what Bob just did. He he kind of took a prophetic moment. But can you take us on a quick journey of like, how did this start for you to turn into a business? And what was God? What's the spiritual journey behind it?
2: Yeah, so something that, you know, I've been an artist my whole life. My dad's an artist. I went to college for art. I went to grad school for art. And nobody becomes an artist to make money. You know, like, yeah. and it's also a possibility that I'm now considering that there's like an unhelpful myth around artists being broke, you know, like artists mm-hmm. being poor and um and certainly, you know my dad is a brilliant painter, just so good, but he never really cracked the code, you know he never really figured out how to make a profitable business out of his yeah. incredible talent and 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 work ethic and discipline, and you know he's just made so much work, but he never was able to like get to the next level so for me, um, I had that. I, I was committed to being an artist, but I, I never really thought that, you know, I thought it was always going to be, I'd always make $12,000 a year, you know, like selling some art and it was going to be fine. And, you know, that's the way it was going to be. Um, and then the internet happened. And in the last couple of years, things have been. Doubling, tripling, quadrupling as far as revenue and, you know, just like eyeballs and, and opportunities and all these things are happening. And for the longest time, I would go, I'd have every new opportunity or shop update or, you know, like different things that would come up, I would think this is it. This is the last one. It's just been a fluke all this time. I <laughs> can't possibly continue. I'm going to, I'll do the shop update, but probably no one's going to buy anything, you know? And then it would sell wow. out in five minutes. And then, then the next time, same thing. I don't think this time it's not going to work. Wow. It's just not going to work. And so then finally, in the last probably like two, three years, I really felt this invitation that I think is, you know, like God speaking, which is build. You know, instead of feeling like it's a fluke, instead of feeling like I'm just kind of along for the ride, like instead of being behind it, be a, ahead of it and direct wow. it and call some shots and and push things things forward and be really deliberate and focused, you know. And that so that's changed radically how I how that I was doing.
0: that's such great language, because I think so many people are in reactionary you know, it's reaction versus proactive. And Bob is really good. He's he talks to people watching behind the scenes. And he automatically does it without using the language, he helps them to get into a proactive stance, in their business or their relationship to God or their ministry. And I watch it over and over with him. And it's really, it's rubbed off on me, Bob, where it's I, I, so it's because you have this God thing happen, where this business breakthrough happened. And then you have like, we had cash flow issues, like we had so much good stuff happening. And Bob, when he came to us, we had massive cash flow issues. We're like, we're going to tank by our success because we can't keep up to certain things. And Bob's like, no, you're not. Here's how you need to become proactive basically. And I love that you did that. And it was a step in your journey with God, because I think a lot of us feel like imposters when you run after something and you have, Oh, it's a one hit wonder success. Oh wait, there's a two hit wonder. Now there's a three hit wonder. Wait, maybe this is my life. And there's some people like you and I and a few others that are listening. I'm sure a lot who've who've hit that and this is such useful language
1: right and and the thing that I, i'd love to expand on for you to expand on just a little bit more is is this one hit wonder because we walk around not knowing that we're in this poverty mentality when actually not only does god own all the cattle on the hills he owns all the hills and if not you josie if not your art you know why, why not yeah and so could you speak to all the listeners out there who are who are who are battling for a breakthrough right now who have maybe gotten to this place and they're and they're in that place where you are well okay i guess that's it it was a one hit wonder but god's calling them to more and there's fear around it
2: um This may be like the around the clock way to to answer the question, but um, I I think a lot about failure. I'm a big, big fan, big fan of failure. Um, And but I like to I like to call it experiment. So any scientist or inventor or artist, craftsperson or business person has to experiment a lot and a lot of the experiments won't work. Um, and then we could take our little candle and be like, reject it again. I, I will hold my candle, and no one, no one shall see my light because it's so painful, you know. And it's like, I can guarantee that nothing is going to happen then. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. But if you go forward and you keep pushing things forward and you keep making experiments, and a lot of them won't work. I mean, I think I have like a 90-10 ratio of 90 failures to 10 wins, wow. you know. Wow. And the reason it doesn't crush me is because I'm real used to it. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you fail a lot, it doesn't hurt, you know. It's right. like... I'm sure any, you know, any actor in Hollywood that's going to, you know, rehearsal after, you know, the, what they go audition. to audition. Yes, audition after audition, after audition, and they don't get most roles and then they just get used to it. They used to get used to putting their heart and soul on the line and then getting rejected and then they just, you know, carry on. So I, I think that there's such a strong push to like pull back. And that's that won't that won't, won't work. Won't work. It won't yeah. work. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm going to, I'm going to take us on two just as our final moments, um, your Ted talk was basically on flow state and you, um, you were prepared to talk about that because of what happens and you've been researching and trying to find language for what you enter into. Can you tell us just about a little bit about that and how you were on that journey of exploration? Cause I mean, our audience obviously is a Christian audience, so they can hear it from a different perspective than maybe the broader audience of Ted talks. I'd love to hear that.
2: Yeah, so so flow is like an actual scientific thing, a condition that happens in our heads um, where we sort of like have almost like an out-of-self experience when we're in deep concentration. So that could be anything. It could be small engine repair or gardening or cooking or art. Um, and there's certain types of people that are, the description is they're called autotelic. And an autotelic person is someone who Naturally gets into flow doing almost anything. And it's, um, it, it, and flow is like doing something for its own sake. So you enjoy scrubbing the grout in the shower just because it's satisfying, you know, like you kind of get into the flow of it. And then it's just like, I'm in flow now, you know, like that's an autotelic personality. So I think that I, you know, c- kind of entered into flow. Uh, I mean, I've been doing it my whole life as an artist, but I had had a very serious stretch of tragedies where I lost a full-term baby and I had a bunch mm-hmm. of miscarriages. It was a really hard patch. And I also decided at that time to quit being an artist <laughs> because I didn't, I'd didn't. i been through... You know, I'd done two decades of being a full-time professional artist and it wasn't working the way I thought it should. And so I quit. And then I also decided to stop having Kit trying to have a, another child. And so then um, I would get into flow as a method of healing. And then... Wow. It happened that when I was painting these watercolors, even though I had decided to quit being a professional artist, I still was painting, you know, my secret, like private thing. But then, of course, I did show it to Instagram, to my 200 followers on Instagram, and it went viral. And then here we are. <laughs> here we are, a billion views later. All the people like watching me flow, I guess.
0: I do. I sure do. And you ended up having a beautiful daughter as well, which is just yes. part of your God story.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, I want people to really be able to get a hold of your materials, especially if you have artistic or creative children or you're trying to harness uh, their ability to be creative thinkers, art that Josie produces, the quality of her watercolors that anybody could do. I did it with my daughters and it was just so wonderful, marvelous for us. I've done it many times now for our daughters, with our daughters. I want to encourage you to get the products. You're going to love them. Also, every household, we have art in our house and we should have art that's created by people like Josie. So I'm going to encourage you to go on our website as well and just consider the next piece of art that you put in your house. Like what I do, I literally look, I have two pictures of hers. One of them was on the shelf here, but it's not here anymore. They're both in my office. I have two pieces and I get lost in them. And that's what good art does is it loses you and helps you to reset. It helps you to uh, go somewhere. And I love that. But where do we get those Josie?
2: You can find me at JosieLewis.com, which is my website. And then I'm pretty much on every social media platform as Josie Lewis Art. And just as a side note, I'm in the middle of developing some resources for artists that are ready to take the next level and become profitable because oh, I think artists so should good. get paid. So yeah. I would like to help artists to get paid. And there's ways. There are ways these days so to, get, to get to find. And Nobody told me anything about taxes in college. I learned a lot about how to be a good artist, but they did not talk about like write-offs or budgeting. Yeah. And so I'm doing a, I'm doing a, a a lot of resources now for folks. And you can go to josielewis.com slash five pillars and get my uh, five ways to sell your art online. It's a free training. You just sign up for it.
0: Oh my gosh. I'm going myself for real. This is amazing. <laughs> wow. Well, Josie, it's been delightful to talk to you and I just love all that you represent. Thanks for being with us. It was too it was too fast. Yes. So fast. Yeah. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you.
1: Josie, thank you. Well, yeah, <laughs> questions with Bob and Sean.
0: <laughs> Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment, to upgrade everything we're doing, to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you. And also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership co- contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else, and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our They're a team. They're a family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership, and you will become a partner. Welcome back. I love Josie Lewis. That was an awesome interview. And now we have another artisan, an entertainer who uh, runs a film company named Garrett Marks. Let's listen to his question.
2: Hi, my name is Garrett Marks. And yeah, I really enjoyed the interview with Michael Hyatt. And I am a filmmaker and have my own production company. And Sean had actually asked a really interesting question of how do, you, how do you handle the balance of life when you're on a film or a commercial or whatever it is. And it's for like a month or for a few months that life just seems out of balance and really busy. And, and how do you handle that? So uh, Michael hadn't answered. He, I don't believe he answered the question. So I was wondering if we can kind of talk about that and elaborate on that more just during those busy demanding seasons of life
0: what do you think bob about this work-life balance question for someone in a career path that's more project oriented i mean I, we have a lot of these guys in our lives right now but i'd love to hear what you think
1: yeah i think it's so interesting sean and uh you know i've consulted with lots and lots of people who are 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 project driven and <clears throat> you have to sort of take out the thought of if you would have a regular nine to five job where mm-hmm. you're, you're going to work every day and you get two weeks of vacation. When, when you're talking about something like this, I think communication is the biggest key to deal with your staff, with your family, uh, with the people you work for, the people you're on the project with. Um, I just think about recently uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady won the Super Bowl. And there had been this crazy, the COVID, all the different things that had happened. And you see at the end of the Super Bowl, when they have the trophy presentation, you think, oh my gosh, that was a long project, an entire football season. And now for however many weeks or months, they're off, but they, they had to sell this in sell out for this entire season, you know, this particular season, they had COVID restrictions, they had all the different things that they had, along with the normal injuries in the football season. So when we talk about uh, film, film, film projects, uh, we know we know producers and directors, Sean, how do you think that with this particular segment of, of the marketplace, projects um, would look?
0: Well, it's interesting, cause you know, I remember talking to the chaplain, who's kind of the leader of all chaplains up in Canada, He's an awesome guy. And he was telling me, you know, the problem with these guys when they're in sports is that they get celebrated by everybody, but their wives, because when they get home, their wives are like, you're not carrying responsibility here. I'm frustrated. I'm mad. And they get kind of like, you're not, I need you to do it. They become like moms to the, these guys who are out on the field all the time or on the courts all the time. And the guys are like, I'm not being celebrated here. I'm going to go where I am celebrated. And they get divorced. And he was talking about how they have to teach these guys to be not just project oriented for their season, but they have to learn how to be present at home when they're home, when they want to just relax, let go, you know, let their hair down, so to speak women too. It's the same thing. I'm just speaking of men at first. And I think like for me, um, you know, we, we have a church and a lot of our people in our church are um, in the entertainment industry. And so they're gone for six months or nine months at a time. And I had set a culture when I was the senior pastor, I think Jen and Hona who took over for me are doing a great job where if someone goes out on tour for, as a musician, or they, you know, they're doing a movie or whatever, when they come home, they get to reintegrate right away. They don't have to have like, oh, you were gone for a while. We gave your position away. They actually get to reintegrate into life. Mm -hmm. But not a lot of people are in churches like that or in in their families. If their career took off after they got married, that's the wife sacrificing or the husband sacrificing something out differently than like my wife who knew I traveled 150 (laughs) days a year and was ready for me. And we had to adjust a lot, but we just learned how to How to do life when I'm gone, which I'm not anymore, but I was for the first you know nine years, and so I think I think just like you said, communication, negotiating. I love what you first said, which is don't think you're going to get into a nine to five and think that that would be an answer because it's not. You're going to live a very unique life. But I think what I find is business leaders and sports, whether in the business end or the player end, and music and entertainment and product development of like apps and technology, venture capitalists, like you have these push seasons, but what they oftentimes don't do good at, they're trying to manage three or four pushes in one season, instead of just being really focused on the one thing or maybe two things. So they're hoping they're like putting their eggs in lots of baskets, hoping one of them pay off. And if you can narrow the diversity and keep focused on what is most important so that your home life and your marriage life doesn't suffer. If you're not Able to still date your spouse, your wife or your husband. If you're not able to still be in your kids' lives and be at their games and everything else, there's something that's going to hit a, a breakdown and shutdown in you and in them at some point. That's going to be it's going to be a break, a real breakdown, and you're going to need therapy and all kinds of counseling, coaching. But if you can, if you can work on it now and actually communicate to your spouse and say, "This is the push season for, for the next four months." This is what's being required of me. Do we need to hire support? Do we need to bring family in? What do we need to do for it? And let's create a system that whenever I'm going to push, we have support that you need so you don't resent me and so that you're not mad at my career because this is part of what God's called me to. This is part of what I'm supposed to do. That's communication right there. And actually getting the help is what's more most important. Last thing I'll say is that there's sometimes Sheree didn't, didn't want to include help uh, or she didn't want help in, 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 her, in her natural mind. She's like, I don't want house cleaners here twice a week, or I don't want I don't want people in my space because she's more private. And what she realized is <laughs> I had to help her and say, you don't have an option because we have me and two kids too, not just you. So you can't live independently from us and say, I don't want this, but then it doesn't get done because you're so busy with so many other things. So you're going to have to, we're part of a team together and we're going to have to bring people on that team to support us. And that was huge for Sheree because she didn't know how to invite people in. And there could have been a pride or uh, or just a self a self living for her, but she chose to say, no, you know what? I don't want these people in my house, but I'm going to, I'm going to have a team. I'm going to, I'm going to work on a team. And because of that, now she loves it. She like, we have our landscapers. that work with our urban gardening stuff. We have our, our house cleaning company that comes every week. We have that stuff. And before it was an invasion of her life. Now it's a support system to her. And I find when I'm counseling, counseling and coaching people whose work-life balance is off, it's because they don't know how to include a team because the team feels invasive.
1: Yeah, one of the things that I'm learning is that sometimes we have projects that end, but when now that we're in the information business, uh, and Garrett, it sounds like your God's breathing on you, as God breathes on your business or God breathes on your marketplace, whatever you're doing, you have to get set for the long haul. And Mm -hmm. one of the things that I'm learning is to try to find joy in as each project ends, because there's something down the line next. There's something yeah. next week. There's something next month, and so to try to celebrate and set time aside, um, Garrett, when you have when you have a project end, are you going on vacation? Are you taking time um, with your your friends or your family? Are you how do you reintegrate? Yeah, mm-hmm. and so I think thank you so much for the for the for the question, Garrett. And I think hopefully we answered it.
0: At least we spurred some ideas. Hopefully, I think this is one that we'll keep answering over and over in different ways. Thank you so much for listening, you guys.
1: Thanks for listening to the Exploring the Marketplace podcast, part of the Exploring podcast series.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing or even rating and reviewing so that more people can connect to us. Also, we'd love to be part of your spiritual journey and we have amazing resources at our website, www.bolzministries.com, B-O-L-Z ministries.com, including other free media, TV shows, books, and even an ongoing mentoring online platform. See you there.